For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to Bladen Races, it was on the 9th of June, 1862 on a summer's afternoon. We took the bus from Balmbras, and she was heavy laden. Away we went along Collingwood Street, that's on the road to Bladen. Oh, my lads, you should have seen us gunning. Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing. All the lads and lassies there and all with smiling faces. Yanning along the Scotswood Road to see the Bladen races. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 125. It's your boy, Greg Troxell. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. We have some big news today. This is Tuesday in America. And, like, we need to talk about it now. So I'm bringing in the best damn co-host in the land with his shining, smiling face and long hair. Elijah. Newcastle Hello, everyone. And the reason Greg is mentioning my face and hair is that after two years of doing this podcast, we've now just figured out that we've been using Zoom this whole time. So we're Zoom pros, and we've just now discovered we could have just been seeing each other's faces this whole time because we yeah. just don't use the Zoom audio so or Zoom recording at all. So, yeah. That's a behind the scenes uh, CHN radio, which happens every episode. It's like you know, a, a we're always improving. Point. We're always yeah. working to improve. And the best part is that the fans get to like actually witness the improvement live because it's yeah. literally happening right yeah. now. You're so uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, follow me on the twitters at Elijah underscore Newsom and Greg. You're right. Big news. Yeah. This is for the people. You already know what time it is. Oh. You heard that? Yeah. What was that the sound of, Greg? Well, you should tell the people what you're drinking. Well, that was some cans. Wow. Ooh. I like Oh, that, that was can. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that was yeah. There, that that's what I thought. I thought you we were synced up there. Uh, no. Um that was cans and me reacting live to this beer called Old Chub. Oscar Blues. I guess I think they're Colorado based. They're Scotch Ale. And I like it. That was one sip, and I've decided I like it. Yeah, Old Chubb by Oscar Blue sounds like it should be like Northern Mississippi or Memphis or something like that, but Colorado. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's some stoner in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry to Maha, Jordy, and all the other people in Colorado. Not all of you guys are stoners, just like 65% of your population. Yeah, and your entire population, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm drinking a whiskey, a rye whiskey from Wyoming. So for, shout out, yeah. shout out to the Wyoming Mags for uh, for for the for the Newcastle fans in England as well as the ones in America. Wyoming is a state in yeah. the United States. I know it's hard to believe um, that there's people that are there, but apparently they are, and they're making whiskey. So Elijah, name three cities in Wyoming. <laughs> I'm I'm not even going to act like I can. Um, I they have a do you have the University of Wyoming? They yep. have their which okay, I thought the Cleveland Browns had probably the worst color scheme in in the world, but 
Wyoming has brown and yellow, baby, <laughs> yellow, which is even worse. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna try. I, I can't name uh, one city in Wyoming. So I can name two: Casper, right? That's the capital, and then Laramie, which is where the college is. I like how Greg looked to me, and when he said Casper, like I knew anything about any of this when but i just maybe said if, if i know have, nothing if we have a wyoming listener uh maybe you can give us like a third city or something oh, is, if there is even three cities in wyoming we don't even know yeah there's, it might only be those, those first two cities might not even exist if you're being honest. wait yeah. just look on the back of your bottle oh it's downstairs i just have oh well just the oh, this guy he's got a downstairs <laughs> yeah so I, do I. yeah whatever Flex on with two stories. Um, So, let's get into the good stuff. Um, It was reported today, it was made public today, that there were some documents that went to the company's house, which is just like, I guess, a business... What is that? An incorporated something? I, I guess we don't really know... I guess, is it is it the agency that that handles all business transactions? That's why I think. I think like, that's just like so. It's like a Delaware. corporation's division of the government. It's I just guess. like Delaware of England. <laughs> yeah, Delaware of England. Yeah, it's essentially uh, that. So these two documents, I'm looking at them now. It's it's uh it's a details of a charge, and I I looked at Company's House uh, on their website to find out what a charge is considered. And a charge could be anything, and actually one of the examples that they gave is a mortgage. Like a charge could be a mortgage, which is significant here because if they're buying property, uh, like the stadium, like Strawberry Place, uh, a mortgage would be considered a charge in this case. And the charge is detailed between two parties, PCP and St. James Holdings. So there's two big figures, the names that were listed on there, Amanda Stavely, and Justin Barnes and Michael Murray, who are Mike Ashley's attorneys. So there's the first time we've seen in legal documentation of links between Amanda Stavely and Mike Ashley and his people. So Elijah, uh, I I think the best way to do it is just break it bit by bit. Um, Yeah, and then just go through the timeline. That's what I'm going to do. (laughs) Because I think the crazy thing about this was I woke up this morning at probably around 8, eight or so and i just really i don't typically check twitter first thing in the morning and so i you know did my like you know morning routine and all that kind of stuff and then like about 10 after i check my email i just see like notifications popping up on twitter shout out batman's milkman who's like i you guys gonna do a podcast tonight right and i'm like well duh we always do it on tuesday and i'm like what is this man on about and then i like look and i'm just like look at my time i'm like oh Oh, Newcastle, they're, <laughs> they're doing things. It Will, was wild because all of this happened. Like, yeah, shout out Will. Because um, all of this happened like in the morning here in the States. And like, t- truth be told, Greg, I don't even think you were awake for no. most of this. I know like tor- as a couple hours, I guess around noon our time, well, noon East Coast time is when things started to simmer down slightly. But even then, throughout the whole day, there just seemed to be more and more news. But yeah, let's go ahead. Let's start with the big news and break it down. This document, uh, what this I, all means. I just wanted to read the definition real quick. The okay. uh, a charge. A charge is the security a company gives for a loan. For example, a mortgage is a type of charge. 
You can send us the details of a charge created by the company. We'll then register the charge on the company's public record. So, and it's listed as registering, registering a charge and then in parentheses mortgage for a company. So this is very presumptive to say like, this is a mortgage. So this is PCP buying property from that. If, if I'm, I could be reading too far into it, but that's how it's laid out here. At least. Yeah. Okay. So break, break it down. Um, I think the first thing that we have to say is, um, big shout out to NUFC 360 because without that timeline, I don't yeah. think I would, I, I don't even know if I would have seen a lot of this stuff because it got to a point later on in the day where there was just journalists who were not even related to Newcastle, just yeah. journalists from other spheres, business, um, London, blah, blah, et cetera, that begin breaking their own news. Um, so, and reading into it. But my first thoughts was this is the first time that we've seen any sort of documentation um, that's like of legal ramifications yeah. that's been leaked in any of these takeover stories since the club was initially put up for sale um, a, what, a two years ago, two, three years ago. I don't even know. It's been years. Like a um, century. So, yeah, it's felt like it at least. Um, so I think that's the first thing to as, as a note. And I think there's a lot of people that were like, you know, you don't want to get too excited because, yes, it is Mike Ashley, but, like, this is legal documentation, and we've never gotten this this far, and so I do want to, to want to point that out. And I guess the other thing is, I honestly was a little bit confused reading these these things, and, um, like, I'm thankful for other journalists that can analyze things, and we'll talk about it further, further on. But, honestly, if you just showed me these two documents, I would have just been like, all right, cool. So we're moving in the right direction. Those are my those are my thoughts yeah. when I read those documents. And then, yeah. obviously, more and more things came out. But those are my quick thoughts. Yeah. So this this was the catalyst for the rest of the day, since this happened so early in the morning U.S. time and U.K. time. Take, there was yeah, it was plenty of the time, day there. Plenty of time to like for the reporters to get to their contacts and and figure this all out. So um, the next chain of events that happened is then Stavely was added to Company's House as the director of Rubin Brothers Company. So Rubin, Rubin Brothers was uh, is, is always been part of the deal. They have properties in Newcastle. Just those two, the Rubin Brothers alone, are worth $18 billion. So mm-hmm. immediately would make us one of the richest clubs, just them, just by themselves. Uh, for example, Mike Ashley is worth $3 billion. They're worth eighteen. So literally six times his net worth. I mean, that's that's incredible numbers. So then Amanda Stavey was named, literally this was 17 hours ago, this tweet. And they mm-hmm. said 40 minutes ago, Amanda Stavely was not the director of Rubin Brothers Company. Now she is. So like literally after those documents were, were placed, Amanda Stavely became their director. That's coincidental? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and on that point about just the Rubin Brothers alone, um, it was funny. Was uh, like you talk about them being worth eighteen billion, one of the richest clubs. How much do you think? Um, what's the guy? Wait, I'm gonna pull his name up real quick. Um, Roman Ab- Abramovich. How much do you think he's worth? Oh, I actually don't. I, I would say, mind you, when he bought Chelsea, everyone's like, "This is one of the richest Premier League owners ever." Like this guy is insane. Like he's he's so loaded. I'm a, so, I'm, could I say fifteen, Bill? 15 bill and yeah. so your 18 mil your 18 bill is is that us dollars or pounds 
Mm, that's a good question. I actually don't know. Let me let me just search Ruben Brothers net worth real quick. Okay. Cuz um, I mean, I think this will be some interesting information. Okay. So we're we're getting this live thanks to yeah. Google. Uh yeah. dive, Shout out Google. Uh oh yeah, this is US dollars. Do- David and Simon Ruben net worth uh 18 billion dollars. Okay. Now, ro- ro- your boy so, Roman. let's say let's say 22 million pounds. Okay, 22 billion pounds. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, we've never had <laughs> sorry, to work sorry. with numbers this this high before. <laughs> we, we're used to speaking in 5 million, you know, 1.4 mil, <laughs> stuff like that. So your guess for, what's his name? Uh, Abramovich. Abramovich. Abram. Abramovich. Your guess is 15 million. Mm-hmm. 15 billion. Jesus, we did yeah. it again. 15 billion. He's worth 12 billion. 12 I mean, so if it was just lot. the Rubin brothers alone, we would be literally a top five like richest club in the Premier League. Yeah, we would but have we not. more money than Chelsea just by that. Yeah, uh, Chelsea so, yeah. who are on a transfer ban because they spend so much money. <laughs> yeah, and Man City who's on a Champions League ban because they spend so much money. Um, maybe foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so yeah, so that's that's something significant, at least for me. It's yeah. very coincidental um, that they're all rumored to be part of the deal, and then this happened. So, um, the next step step is a bunch of the lawyers, like the I guess faux lawyers. Uh, I read this from Acquisition Finance. Uh, it just looks like some regular guy. Um, from the docs, it looks as if the deal is about to complete and that Ashley, via St. James, is lending PCP the money for the purchase. How much isn't clear. It could be all of it, in which case she'll refinance when she sells part of the club, or it could just be her stake. So I wanted to, to talk about this, this next step of how PCP actually brokered the Man City deal, how they did that. There's some similarities here. The owners of Man City actually lended Amanda Stavely money initially um, in order to get the deal done in the long run. Elijah, are you you're caught up on this part, right? Yes, yes. Okay, I was yeah, actually so, going to so bring that up. So, okay, cool. But you so, are more well equipped to speak about it. So go ahead. No, no. You, I, I want you to take this here. I'm no, just I, I'm setting the table. You're delivering. I mean, essentially, the same thing sort of happened where. She was lending the money, and then a couple weeks later, they, the real owners were appointed as owners, and blah, blah, blah. Everyone got their money back at the end of the day. Shaboom, shabang, shapow. Man City becomes one of the richest clubs in the world yeah. in a span of a couple weeks. Yeah, so the the I guess the thing, the reason for doing this, why would a club who's about to sell their their club why would they loan money out to the people buying them? And what it is, it's, it's essentially a uh, like uh, collateral. So yeah. basically what it is, is like, we're going to take your club and until we pay it back, you're going to uh, hold a stake in our company. Mm-hmm. So they're giving Mike Ashley stake in their company. Mike Ashley is giving them money for the down payment, which doesn't come after out of Mike Ashley's pockets. This comes from St. James Holdings. Holding, yeah. So... That St. James Holding, Newcastle United, has been making money, and that's what's used for transfers. Mike Ashley sometimes injects money into it. So he's taking money from there, not from him, to loan them 
to put the down payment on. And then in return, Amanda Stavely is giving collateral to Mike Ashley. So here's a certain percentage of PCP. And you will own shares in PCP until it's all paid off. That's the deal that they're working. Very similar to how Man City did it. Yeah. Um, I guess I have no familiarity with billion-dollar acquisitions. Um, so I'm assuming maybe this is the norm. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder why. I wonder if it's like a, a a processing thing with like just the fact that you're dealing with foreign money, or it just gives. Maybe it's just like a way to buy time so that the assets can be collected and sold off, so that you have the money here in cash. Blah blah blah. I don't know, but all I know is that it's more good news. Yeah, that's that's all I really care. And, and to be fair, I do. I have to shout out. There was a lot of um, really helpful individuals that were helping everyone figure this out because that original tweet just made it seem like um, Amanda Stavely didn't have any money and people were freaking out because they were like, oh, well, there's no mention of the Saudi PIF. Why we need to, you know, loan money? And it's like, it just kind of proved to me exactly why no person on Twitter that we follow or that we hear from is ever involved with acquisitions north of a couple, a few hundred thousand dollars because... We would not do well, yeah. Because there's a lack of understanding on large market uh, acquisitions. Yeah. the The next thing I want to point is the percentages. So it's it's been reported by a lot of people that PIF is is they were adamant that I, I don't know what the sources are, but they're adamant that the PIF is still part of the deal. So if it all if it is all true, then the PIF would take 80% of stake of ownership in Newcastle United. The Rubens will take 10% and Amanda Stavely would also take 10%. Um, that's how it would lay out. And if you want to know the figures of that, I mentioned how much money the Rubens had at $18 billion. PIF is valued at 260 billion pounds. Which is like three hundred some million dollars, a billion dollars. Jesus Christ! So, <laughs> um, that's just out of this world rich. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, and, uh, and uh, to temper expectations, that doesn't mean that the PIF is just going to spend all the money that they make on Newcastle. We're only going to get like one percent of that, uh, which is still significant. One percent of that is. Three billion dollars, Mike Ashley's net worth. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, literally, yeah, one percent of just the PIF is Mike Ashley's net worth. Like, so even if we get all that to spend, that would be years and years of good fortune for us. Um, yeah. Significant. Yeah. Any thoughts here, Elijah? Um, I mean, I guess we can kind of get in this later, but when you talk about just investment and and stuff like that, the, you know that. The, the fact that there's so much net worth being thrown around and so many people have a lot of money, I think it bodes well for a lot of some of the immediate projects that you and I have both discussed that kind of need to happen in order to bring Newcastle into, you know, fair competition with everyone else. Uh, I know Real Madrid just announced, um, you know, basically that Estadio Bernabeu, Bernabeu I cannot say that ever correctly, but um, it's under. It's been. It's. It was slated to do some renovations, but now those have kind of been pushed up just due to the fact that there's no one there and construction workers are still essential. So things like that, like that, kind of reminded me, like, oh yeah, stadium renovations. That's something that, like, you know, Mike Ashley's been. We've honestly been sitting on since. I mean, 
like they were talking about it at the Shearer press conference improvements to St. James Park. Um, and so stuff like that, that has been sitting there waiting to be done. It can get done because there's, there's the cash that's going to be available to do so. And same with, you know, upgrading the training facilities and bring us to the 21st century, getting training equipment, medical, like recovery equipment, stuff like that, that just is stuff that could be purchased quite quickly, quite simply. Um, it, it, it just bodes well for us. I mean, besides the fact, obviously transfers and all that good stuff and all the stuff people want to talk about, but structural improvements infrastructure that's gonna you know hopefully be some of the first things that are changed yeah so i I finally found what i was looking for Mm. on the original loan what these documents actually mean uh so this was actually on reddit uh reddit is the goat uh so apparently this guy claiming to work for company's house has worked there for a while he posted on newcastle's reddit and he said this about the, the document. He said, the funds that Stavely is receiving from St. James Holding, what's considered that mortgage, uh, Stavely would be using that money to buy Ashley's shares in St. James Holding. He'll receive all of this at once and sub- subject to other agreements, which may or may not already be in place, won't be owed anything from Stavely going forward. Instead, Stavely would have to repl- repay the club, St. James Holdings and PCP have provided security to the club in event that she doesn't. So, for example, this is the process. Well, it says, for example, the process will likely work as follows. St. James Holdings enters into a loan agreement with Stavely with PCP providing the security. Stavely, the Saudis, and the Rubin brothers will invest into a company. Stavely's investments comes from the loan received by the club. Then that company that they created then buys all the shares in St. James Holdings, actually, which means Ashley has no more shares. And then since he has no owner, owner, any ownership or control over Newcastle, uh, he isn't owed any money going forward from this point. Um, and the only money owed from that point forward would be Stavely repaying that loan. So that's, ba- that's basically the process that he laid out as what the next step would be based on those documents. Cans? I've got mine. <laughs> uh, uh, please show for the court that Elijah held up a can of Old Chubb yeah. Oscar Blues. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So we just did a lot of talking. Let's take a break. Mm. Um, let's do that. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we'll just uh, talk about something else on the other side. Let's do it. All right. We could be taken over. Now – I guess my <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about is the morality of this. I, I thought you we skipped price and went straight to morality. Oh, did well we? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about price. That's right. Yeah, because we'll I think that's somewhat significant. Is that like I guess I can handle this. I think yeah, the, the somewhat significant thing is that most outlets are reporting that this deal is now closer to the three hundred million pound range versus the 350 million pound range that it was initially kind of thought to be is the asking price um, and that this the deal structure allows for excuse me uh, deferred payments all that kind of stuff but again I don't know how relevant that is when you're dealing with so much wealth I don't know if that's even going to be 
something that's even worth mentioning because like Greg just stated before the break, essentially with this kind of loan structure, if if we're believing these sources, which no reason to really not believe, you know, like it's a weird flex to to lie about uh, working at company's house. It's just it's just like why lie about that? Um, but if we're to believe that, it doesn't even matter because Ashley would get paid up front in full. Um, so yeah, down to three hundred million pounds. Um, and I, I believe one of the reasons around the three hundred was because it's a full cash, no debt deal. So yeah, it's no cash debt. up front, straight up. And there's there's talks about the coronavirus affecting this deal, and I'm sure yeah. that that's something that they. That you know, that uh, that the Stavely Group you know may may have pushed Ashley on. It's like, oh hey, just so you know, like we're we're losing money by making this investment right now because yeah. like, we don't and know if the Premier League's gonna the TV return, deal so. money not being paid out for the remainder of this year if the season gets canceled. That's a huge risk yeah. to take on. Yeah, and I mean, so there's that. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see like you know what happens and we may never well I th- well I guess we will know the uh, the price at some point but you know it's interesting we'll see um, but yeah that's kind of the only real update price wise no I that's a great thing to bring in because that would be dumb not to at least mention and then what I didn't mention is our man George George Calkin he had a pretty interesting tweet we didn't even talk about the podcast Elijah. Yeah, the whole the podcast. Yes, let's do that. The podcast, um, Pot on the Time, George Calkin, Chris Woff, Taylor, not Bestie. Um, it was really good. They kind of just talked about this whole thing, like what we're doing right now. But they have a little bit more insight, uh, I will admit. Uh, George knows Amanda Stabler. He has a copy of the first bid at his house. Like, Amanda yeah. Stabler gave him a copy. Like, he is very much equipped to talk about this, and he's and had he a lot of. Interesting he mentioned things. them last week as well as when when this first was kind of re-reported as moving in the right direction. Calkin wrote a whole article essentially that he was waiting on to publish about the fact that essentially the Stavely group, he and him Stavely, have been in contact for the past few months. Like they've worked, they, he's pretty much been getting updates yeah. on her process and. All that kind of stuff. So very, still very close, which leads into another theory that we'll discuss later. Mm. Wink, wink. I didn't even wink, but just imagine that I winked. Uh, this is what George said about this. He said, what we need is Stavely and the club to con- to confirm an agreement. And they could do that now. Mm-hmm. And he, then he said, and I know they've been talking about it. Or they can wait until after Premier League approval which is when a takeover would formally happen. So based on that, if I'm reading into it, I'm implying that this deal is done pending Premier League check. Yeah, and an interesting thing, uh, Luke Edwards, which Luke Edwards rarely has anything positive to say, but yeah. today he mentioned something that was, I wouldn't say it was positive, but it was an interesting tidbit that essentially it said wasn't that he was negative. told... <laughs> it wasn't negative, yeah. He's, he's basically said... Uh, he was told NUFC will not be making any statement that confirms the claims that a deal has been agreed with the PCB Capital. So if a mutual statement is going to be released, it's going to be pretty much done not from the club, but from Mike Ashley, yeah. um, which is doesn't mean a lot. Like he says, doesn't mean much, but it is a little strange. But again, it's not that strange considering Mike Ashley just like he he's not on the same page with the club on a lot of things we'll just leave it at that it seems yeah. like the club's left in the dark 
on pretty much everything Mike Ashley's doing. So, yeah. So, I think that kind of covers every. Oh, we should talk about the podcast. Well, I guess well, you kind of that's about that. I, I, Yeah, that's kind of – that's the part I wanted to get out of it most. Definitely listen to it. Uh, Pot on the Time is – it's a great podcast. Uh, yeah, they're probably like the second best podcast for Newcastle stuff. Yeah, I'd imagine. yeah. You have to give the blackest and whitest podcasts the yeah, of course, one, but just naturally. Yeah. Um, oh, also, I was thinking about maybe changing the name of our podcast because apparently the group that this that this acquisition has been named under is Project Zebra. We should rename the podcast to Project Zebra. Okay, but then we would lose the cool outro song. There's a, probably a cool zebra song out there. We could do the 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 like the Madagascar song. Oh, turn up, turn up. Yeah, that turn. Yeah. I like to move and move yeah. it song. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Um. Cool. Let's uh. Might as well just take another break. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, let's take another break and then we'll talk about morals after this. <laughs> All right. Uh, morals. There's some moral warriors out there, uh, kind of, or challenging or chastising Newcastle fans for the the moral issues surrounding Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's been many articles written, many books written, many news stories done about some of the things that the regime, the main stakeholder in this club, would be. Uh, mm-hmm. Elijah, are you okay with someone? like this owning Newcastle United? It's a very tough question to answer. It is, and uh, it's it's a tough one, but ultimately you have to make a decision one way or another. Um, you, there's, there's two camps. You can either be completely against it, and hey, that's your opinion, or you can be for it, and that that's kind of where I am, where I'm in the boat, and I've mentioned this many times, that there is no, like... There's rarely a a person in power that is not corrupt in some sort of way. Um, I do I first and foremost, I yes, the Saudi Arabia has done way worse things than Mike Ashley. I don't think that's the argument here. I think that that's something that a lot of people are trying to make the argument, but that is not the argument at all. Mike Ashley is he's a terrible like businessman. He's you know really inconsiderate. Well, he's he's a great sleazy. businessman. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, he's, he's a super great, rich. <laughs> uh, he's yeah okay. He's a morally a not great businessman. Like he makes a lot of decisions that his P, his PR agency's busy. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um. Like, but he's to a fault a great businessman, I guess. Um. But you know, he's done a lot of negative things. He's said a lot of negative things. He's attacked fans. He's he's you know shunned former players from the club. Like he's done a lot. But yes, he's not as bad as the as as Saudi Arabia as a nation. They, yeah. Yes, they they are a nation, and they have not done the best things. And hey, to be fair, uh, but but not sorry to interrupt, but women were allowed to drive as of November. So hey, shout out to women allow being allowed to drive. But yeah, and and so I I I will keep it at that as like there's there's no we're not gonna find a saving grace, and like unfortunately like like there's there's very few owners that are just really great people all around. And uh, honestly, I'm thinking like the the guy who owns uh, Cardiff City, he might be one of them. The guy who just he wears like his little Cardiff City kit tucked into his like he's one of them. Um, the Leicester City owner, Lester he was City. one of them. Yeah, R.I.P. He R. was R. one R. of them. But everyone else sucks. Like we were talking about Chelsea's businessman, uh, 
sorry, Chelsea's owner, Roman Abramovich, he's not a great person either. He's essentially, like, in cahoots with Vladimir Putin. So, like, <laughs> it's it's a lose-lose. That's why I'm kind of And they boat. may or may not have poisoned people in England. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, so, I mean... <laughs> It's, like, it's one of those things where you have to decide whether or not you want to... I still support Newcastle, and I do think this is a really great opportunity for the club to grow and really um, become the brand that so many Newcastle fans, unfortunately not me, had the opportunity to grow up with. And that's being one of the most relevant clubs in the Premier League, the club of the North, and um, you know, back to where they belong, playing championship football, not championship, Champions League football, uh, signing the best players and having an insanely great fan base uh, supporting them. Um, and you know, that's just my opinion. Again, yeah. I yeah, also I... think every country is morally corrupt. There is not a good country out there. They all suck. So if you're going to get bought by a country, you can find a thousand reasons why it's a terrible idea. Even if you're bought by America, it would be not great. Yeah, even Vatican City, probably not good. Um, so <laughs> yeah, because you know the Vatican, where hide the your kids, talking about <laughs> yeah, molesting kids. So yeah. Um. Anyway, so let's 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 move on <laughs> before we upset a lot of people. Anyway, um, like the I guess the the baseline of how I look at I'm looking at this is like I'm not. No one's saying that it's not a bad thing. Uh, like no one's saying that like by accepting this Saudi Arabia is a good country now. Like it's, that's not what anyone's saying. And nobody's like what Newcastle fans want and what people kind of struggle outside of the club to understand is we don't, we're, we're not asking for anything except for like a club that tries a club that goes for it and, and does what they used to do. Um, and even if, this acquisition goes through and Saudi Arabia spends a lot of money and puts us into glory and say, we even win the premier league. I don't know as much. Yeah. You'll see plenty of Newcastle supporters with turbans on, uh, with head scars and and those things. But you know what? It's not like it's It's already started. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like all the Twitter profiles and, and stuff, but you're, when you see that, it's not like us idolizing them either. And it's going to, it's going to be portrayed like that. Like, there are going to be people in the media saying like Newcastle United is idolizing Saudi Arabia war, war crimes and things like that. It's literally, it's a joke. It's a, it's a joke. Like Newcastle fans will be doing this as a joke. Like that's how yeah. they are. That's how we are. So I mean, like, we're not going I mean, to idolize them. We're not going to like, we just want our club to be good. Like that's the only thing, the, the entire basis of why we support Newcastle is we just want them to be good. So yeah, Whatever happens, happens. We'll go, we'll go with the flow. But if we're getting three points, if we're scoring goals, like that's all we care about. We don't care about like all this other stuff. I bet you, if if football still existed, like Newcastle wouldn't even care about COVID nineteen. They would not care. Like yeah, the only thing that matters is Saturdays. So that's my thoughts. And I think you're right. It's really hard to explain. It's honestly. I would say it was difficult for me to understand as I became a Newcastle fan, like how much Newcastle fans pretty much don't care about anything but Newcastle. And it's like, it's been an eye-opening experience, uh, especially for the locals, like like for the people who are locals, like, like literally the world could be ending and Newcastle fans are like, 
well, who start? Who do you guys think should be starting at <laughs> at, at striker this week? And it's like, I don't know, dude. The world's about to end. Um, yeah. but yeah, but to your point, I mean, fans, have, they already saw a TikTok of a guy who was like celebrating with his Saudi Arabian like headgear, and I don't think I'll ever be one of those fans. But um, best believe, uh, Greg and I will be at St James Park next season, mm-hmm. uh, especially if the the Saudi PIF buy the team. Cans, hashtag cans. Cans. Cool. So. Uh, let's, uh, let's get into just some news, some odds and ends. Is that yeah. what we call them? Odds and ends? Yeah. Yeah. Odds uh, and ends. Oh, I might as well do a BS meter as well while we're at it. Okay. Yeah. Let's sure, do it. Why not? Yeah. So, um, oh, well, I guess before we get started, just, um, uh, send us questions, DM us if there's anything you want to hear us discuss, especially about the takeover or if you're confused by anything. We currently might be confused by it too, but if you want to hear something about it in the next episode, like we'll look it up. We'll do as much research as possible. We'll talk to our connects yeah. and hopefully come up with some great contact for you guys. So continue to do that. Thanks to the people who have. We really appreciate it. But let's get into some news. The first one, speaking of morals, Matty Longstaff. Yeah. Absolutely. He is making eight fifty a week. Uh, in the Premier League, which is crazy to think about. He's donating 30% of his salary to the health organization, right? NHS? Mm-hmm. Yeah, National Health. So what do you think about that? I mean, it's it's a class act. Uh, honestly, my thoughts, it's kind of messed up. But, like, I feel like Matty Longstaff's going to get whatever money he wants if this deal happens. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll just... It's like one of those things where it's like, oh, you want you want fifteen k a week, whatever. Like, <laughs> okay, like trust me, you're not gonna like we're gonna be paying people way more than that. So sure, Just whatever. Like, here's here's a wheel. It goes from ten yeah. ten thousand to a hundred thousand. Spin it, whatever lands on, you'll make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so that's, that's my thoughts on that. And to to add to Maddie is there's still a lot of apparently talks are not going well. And assuming if things stay the same, it's presumed that he will be most likely, it looks like, in Belgium next year. Which is odd. I'm surprised that more English clubs aren't coming for him. But uh, that's what I'm hearing is is Belgium would be would get Matty if this doesn't get all sorted out. So his contract ends in uh, the end of June. So we have pretty much two well, more months, two and a half months. Not technically, science. because I'm pretty sure, remember, FIFA uh, extended basically all contracts oh, yeah, yeah, in the yeah, seasons. Yeah. So, I, I mean, who knows when his contract will really end, which kind of gives me hope is that until the season's canceled, like, regardless, like, even if the season's canceled now, it's still technically, I guess, through the end of June. Yeah. Um, so... You know, we'll we'll figure it out. Hopefully, someone figures it figures it out. I, I don't know. Um, so yeah. Uh, the next thing is what's the next thing, Elijah? All right. Uh, oh, Dubrovka. He's fit. Yeah, he's fit. So if the season Congrats. starts. Let's go. We got our best player. Um, Akraf Lazar posted on Instagram. That's another one. <laughs> he really weird timing, but sure. There was an athletic, or maybe not athletic, but there was an article about Akraf. Oh, yeah. He wants and, to be back here next season. And well, no, I... Spot. Oh, so the one I heard was he wants to be at Serie A next season. 
Okay. Well, I, I I mean, the one I read was last week, and they were like, Alcroft Lazar is still looking to fight for her spot in Newcastle. And I was like, ah, maybe that ship has sailed, brother. You know what we also need to talk about is that there's, okay, so this is the next odds and ends. Alan St. Maximin tweeted out one of my favorite reaction picks uh, today. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, I guess you call it, like, monkey it's from a it's the origins of that meme is it so just go look it up i can't really describe it it's like a monkey puppet type thing yeah the looking like very like uh su- yeah. cautiously surprised yeah that that like is a screen grab from a show that's in like a country in south america it, i don't even know how it became like a meme meme so and then tino Asparilla tweeted as well about uh New he Cat- just called like ashley right out like he just yeah it was, it was pretty great. So there's that. Um, I guess I can hop in a little BS meter for you. Um, so I guess the first things first, uh, we kind of touched on this last week, but it kind of keeps coming up. Greg, are you buying the hype around uh, Isaac Hayden potentially wanting to exit Newcastle? Again, this is something that we've talked about multiple times because it seems to happen every transfer window. Is it actually going to happen this time? Uh, okay, so if if we get acquired, yes, he's gone. <laughs> um, I think they'll just they'll find a replacement. Uh, yeah. If we don't, I it would it would need to be a pretty uh, it would have to be a pretty lucrative offer for us to sell. I feel like I would uh, say that if it doesn't happen, we he he's gone because. One, I do think that anything north of ten million pounds is is probably going to get accepted. I, I believe he's yeah. for like something pretty cheap, like five mil or something even less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, kind of getting, I guess, in the next segment in BS meters that Steve Bruce, if he's still the manager after all of this, uh, basically wants to make the Lazaro deal permanent as well as the Bentaleb deal permanent. Yeah. Um, Still no word on Jetro. I Greg and I are kind of in the camp of Jetro Williams is probably already a Newcastle player. But anyway, um, does that change anything for you? I mean, the fact that Ben Celeb would likely be a Newcastle player, does that kind of push you towards the direction of Isaac Hayden could be getting sold, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, there, there's like precedent. Like Nabil Bentaleb and Isaac Hayden's good. But Isaac Hayden's complained about like just and, – and who can blame him? the situations that he's been put in. Yeah. Um, and he came and, from Arsenal. Like, there, yeah, and, there's to, this... and to be fair, it, like his complaint is valid. It, it's, he wants, he wants to go like back to London, which is like, sure, whatever, dude. Sure. I mean, like that's where your family is. Like you're in Newcastle, which is not close to London and your whole family's living there. Then sure. Like, and like literally his whole family, like, his i guess wife and as well as his parents and stuff because he's born there yeah or whatever and then it's just odd to me because because like it's just way different than america because like if somebody was like oh you know my family's in atlanta like and i just can't stay here in charlotte and you're just like you just just yeah just drive down the road, like, yeah. like it's right there. Yeah, Trey <laughs> Young's not like, damn, my whole family's in Oklahoma City right now. I and I'm in Atlanta. Ugh. Like, just take a flight and like go yeah. see them. Like, I, it, it's very, it is, it is very. Different. And you like, also, you never hear Newcastle's of a player traded because they want to be ride. some. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you, you also never hear of a player in America getting traded 
which I guess would be the equivalent of being sold because they want to be closer to home. Like yeah. you don't ever hear that. They just get yeah. more money. It, it, the, yeah. The only thing I can think of is if like it's an all time great and they yeah. want to retire in yeah. the, it, the team that, it, that drafted them, the, the team that yeah. they made their career from. Yeah. That's only, only time that I, you would ever see that in the U S yeah. So it, it is a new thing for us, but it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's I mean, honestly weird. Like, I, and, and the thing is, like, I understand it when it's different country, but when it's, like, a city, and it's, like, dude, you're in the UK, like, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I get it if, if it was, yeah, like, if Alan St. Maximum was, like, man, I want to go back to France, it's, like, all right, I, I get that, sure. Yeah, it's a culture, it's a different language, it's a, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah. I mean, um, you could I, technically I, say that Jordy is a different language than <laughs> South London, but whatever. Uh yeah. Yeah, what's this BS meter? Let's go. All right, so, uh, okay, now we're getting to actual signings. Uh, so, apparently Newcastle placed another bid for Bubakar Samari, uh, 40 million euros, uh, a little bit higher than, oh, maybe, wait, a little bit lower than the initial offer? I I don't remember what the initial offer was, but Samari, of course, is a young midfielder in France, uh, thought to be um, the next big thing coming out of France. Um reportedly was punished for not accepting um, a move to Newcastle in January. Uh, again, decent lad. Uh, was playing for, um, geez, was the same the same team as Tim Weah. Yeah, it's Lille. Lille, yeah. Um, so, Lille. yeah, again, really Northeast France. And people were thinking that he was going to go to Real Madrid, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Could be a really good marquee signing to start off the new era, et cetera, et cetera. But this is an Ashley bid for 40 million euros. Greg, Mike Ashley bid now. 40 million euros. Maybe he just knew it wasn't going to happen and wanted to just uh, push it out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this, if you're any player right now, it's it's an absolute holding pattern if any yeah. approach is made from Newcastle United. Uh, obviously, if, if this was, say that this takeover had happened a year ago, and we bid 36 mil for Samare, he, he probably takes it because of the new ownership. And obviously there'll yeah. be a lot, a lot more promises. So that, that could be a really good thing. But for now, the BS meter is so high. Like he's, he's already above Newcastle. I feel like in, in stature and celebrity, yeah. um, he would probably, he would probably go to an Everton or a Leicester, but I think a Newcastle is a little, it's weird because you would imagine, but it seems like there's not a lot of Premier League teams that have remained interested in him. Partially well, it's due also to his not playing a... time falling off, but again, it's a weird time. Like, yeah, it's not it, transfer time. It's COVID it's also time. just no one knows what the transfer market's going to even look like, and it's it seems weird and what the market's going to even be set at. It's weird to make a deal yeah. now um, because if they get rid of financial fair play, I mean, Premier League teams are going to get. They already get overcharged for players, but it's going to be yeah. a new level of like absurdity. Um, and then kind of closing out the BS meter, um, Rafa Silva, a player that we've been linked to, I think <clears throat> at least every window in the past maybe season and a half. Uh, Benfica. He's the new Bastos. Yeah, the new Bastos. This time it's a 15 million pound bid um, that has been uh, sent in, and all. The, Mind you, this is all during the time where Newcastle are furloughing essentially 
their entire staff because they can't afford to pay them. But we are making offers in kind and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Rafa Silva, any any thoughts on him? I'm looking up his valuation right now on Transfer Mart, and it is oh, 26.4 mil. And they're saying we are putting a 15 mil bid? Yeah. Yeah, Benfica paid 17 for him. That's yeah, a US or, or that's US. People. US. So, so like we're get, so that's still 13 14. Yeah. So it, it would it, they would need to come in at a higher offer. Yeah, they would yeah, they would have to. So right now the BS meter is so high. I would really like Silva. I mean, he's 26. He already plays for the Portuguese national team. Yeah. That would be this would be a good coup. It would it would be a good signing, but it'd also be a solid signing. Um, and again, he has another, seventeen appearances for the national team. Like when we talk about realistic signing, because I think last week we talked about dream signings and stuff. We talk yeah. about realistic signings to create a, a firm foundation. Like this is this is a good one, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you get a guy who's really good in the Portuguese uh, league and from a club in Fica, which. There was a, a report put out about, you know, basically, I don't know. I think I might have sent you this, Greg, but if people want to, I can check my retweets if you want to see it. Um, but there was, like, a, a report put out about, like, you know, the basically the best stepping stone clubs. And Bifika was, like, number two um, behind mm. Ajax in terms of just, like, essentially yeah. they produce a lot of really good talent out of Benfica um, and out of the Portuguese league in general. And so this is just another example of, like, if you were to bring in a, a a solid midfielder with creative capabilities into the Newcastle sign, that's a that's a really good signing to get yeah. us going in the right direction, and would be an upgrade over our current options. Let's be real, um, John Joe Selvi, great player, inconsistent. Isaac Hayden, not really a deep lying playmaker like you wanted to be. Sean Longstaff, Matty Longstaff, inconsistencies across the board um, in terms of their performance, especially when playing together. And you want to go down the list, and you want to include Nabil Bentaleb or something like that. Then I mean, let's just put it this way: Nabil Bentaleb, when NEFC tweeted out that Steve Bruce was interested in retaining him, I'd say out of the 120 replies, a hundred of them were like, "Get this man away from our club <laughs> immediately." Yeah. So uh, the midfield options uh, they're solid, but not great. So yeah, um, well, well, uh, this would be a good a good signing. Is it going to happen again? No idea. And even if we're taken over by this Saudi PF team, they're going to bring in their own scouts. They're going to bring in their own staff, and they're going to likely, hopefully, fingers crossed, bring in their own coach. So we could be talking about this and next week find out that it's all for nothing because we'll be going after different players. But I would like it. We can hope so. We can hope Yeah, hope. we can hope so. Cool. Well, you got anything else, Elijah? Any other things to add? <laughs> no, honestly. Follow it- us. Yeah, follow us and stay safe. Uh, there, yeah. there are some idiots still going out in in public, uh, Greg. There were some pictures from Piedmont Park this past weekend in 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 the old Atlanta with tons of people all up, not social distancing. Please social distance. There's been some crazy, you know, rumored reports about if we if we continue the path we're going, potentially being in this state of social distancing until 2022, which would be brutal. So please do your part, stay indoors, all that good stuff. Um, only go to the grocery store and only go to pick up your medicine and uh, yeah support your local businesses too get your food delivered all that kind of stuff yeah 
All right. Well, that concludes episode 125 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. The best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Follow us at CHN underscore radio. We'll see you next week. And away the lights. Love you guys. But I wish I was on the case side. Looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again. The dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark in St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hilly how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog. It's in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rear.